Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know, I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. Every time I've gone to fill up the car with gas this year, I've thought, you know, an electric vehicle would really come in handy. So in this Ask Shauna episode, I'm exploring if electric vehicles can really help you save money and whether they're all they're cracked up to be with Peter Glenn, co-founder of EV Life. Welcome to Everyone's Talking Money podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Game. There's no judgment, no dumb questions, just smart conversations about you and your money. So come on in and grab a seat. Everyone is welcome here. Hey, welcome back to another Ask Shauna episode. As I mentioned in the intro, I've been fascinated by electric vehicles, but I have not taken the plunge myself. 
What I have done is a deep dive on all the incentives and tax breaks and all the money stuff you need to know, but it's a lot and it feels like an ever-changing landscape. So when a listener question came in from Alex, wanting to know if an EV is indeed worth the price tag, I knew we had to do an episode about it. Since I'm still learning myself, I turned to Peter Glenn, who is the co-founder of EV Life and a serious advocate of electric vehicles. I love this. As he says in the conversation, electric vehicles are like savings accounts on wheels. Okay, this is a cool concept. Peter's just uh, extreme enthusiasm in this conversation. It made me want to go out and buy an electric vehicle right now. So there's lots to discuss. Let's start talking. This episode was inspired by a listener question that came in from Alex. And Alex wrote me and said, you know, you really want us to buy an electric car, but is so torn between, you know, these two opposites, right? Doing good for the planet, but also the price tag, kind of the hefty price tag that comes with electric vehicles. And, you know, there's tax incentives and like all of these things to know that I think can get really confusing. And before we get to this question, I actually want to ask you this because I was reading an article and it had something like 50 surprising stats about electric vehicles. And I found this interesting. It said that the uh, EV industry is valued about $250 billion, and there are in excess of about 10 million EVs on the road. It also said there are nine EV models. This was an article last year, so this number might have changed, that could go 300 miles plus on a charge, which I think is really great because that's something we all think about um, when we're buying an electric vehicle. But just to kind of start us off, Peter, you know, what is leading this this massive growth in electric cars is just we all want we yeah, all want these I mean, things there, now. Thanks for having me, first of all, and, and excited to be here talking um, electrics and, and talking money in electric vehicles. Um, you know, just to address your question, what's really driving adoption? I mean, I think there's a few things. I think number one, you know, starting with Tesla and now all other automakers are proving that electric vehicles aren't just good for the environment; they can also be like better, funner, um, high-performance vehicles that have great design and are just a better like driving experience overall than an ICE vehicle um, or a gasoline-powered vehicle. Um, and so that's driving it. I think governments and policymakers love EVs because they're driving down emissions. There's no tailpipe emissions. And then you're driving down overall emissions from refueling, from charging from the grid by in the US, like up to 80%. And that's reducing not only carbon emissions, um, but also air pollution. Um, the reduction in air pollution has a huge impact, positive impact on health outcomes. And then like saving money, right? Like there are tax credits and rebates right. because government, uh, the federal government, state governments, like my state in California has had a, a rebate program here for over a decade that's really been encouraging and accelerating driving. Um, other states, 14 other states offer incentives, uh, financial incentives for getting an EV. And then when you're driving these vehicles, um, electric vehicles are basically like savings accounts on wheels. <laughs> the average American pays a ton of their their average household income on fuel and maintenance. And electric vehicles, if you switch from gas to electric, you can reduce your um, gas budget or your fuel budget by about $1,200 by switching from gas to electric charging. And then 
Um, wow. From a maintenance perspective, Consumer Reports has re- re- released this data showing that up to $5,000 in savings on average on um, maintenance savings um, for electric vehicles versus gas cars. So huge savings over the life of your vehicle. It's interesting you were talking about design. And I think, you know, when I think back to like the first electric vehicles that I saw, like even just a few years ago, I was not a fan. And I remember um, talking to my husband, I'm like, what is wrong with the design of these cars? Like, they just look to me, I will say, really bizarre. And um, I don't know, it was like, I I had to kind of change the way, you know, I looked at cars, and it wasn't really attractive to me. But I know that, you know, over the years, like the design has changed. And I think a lot of electric vehicles now, like you said, they're better looking, they're a lot more fun, they're a lot more interesting. And so um, I don't know, it just makes the conversation, I think, um, around savings uh, more interesting too when you when you have the design piece and just you know you're you're driving something that is not only saving you money but also it it looks good. So I want to talk about the the saving money part. Um, you you threw out some kind of amazing stats. I mean that's that's a huge um, motivating factor behind behind getting electric vehicle car. There was this um, JD Power survey that re- was revealed that. Gen Z actually is the fastest growing segment for EVs. Um, and then millennials were leading in overall consideration somewhere around like 72%. And then it, there was a separate uh, Go Banking Rate survey that found that Gen Z reacts very favorably to an EV. And, you know, majority of them actually plan to switch within the next five years. What do you think is like the kicker? Like, why are we, why are we not making the switch now if, if the, like, economics behind electric vehicle is is so great? Yeah, that's a great question. I think I actually commented and was interviewed in that article with Go Banking Rates about that millennial <laughs> study. Uh, just to just to highlight one point from that study, you know, just overall, 67% of Americans are greatly concerned about climate change, according to the APA um, a survey. So that's, that's a huge amount of Americans, the vast majority of us care. But millennials and Gen Zs, I think, are even more aware of the challenges. I I am being born in the 1980s. I'm a geriatric millennial, so I can relate. Um, <laughs> the challenge is that, um, you know, you look at the performance of the vehicle, you look at the obvious fuel savings and maintenance savings, the, the environmental, positive environmental impact that happens after you drive off in the electric vehicle. The challenge really is a couple things. The first barrier to electric vehicle adoption remains upfront price. And that's validated by studies by Deloitte, by Cox Automotive. Um, you know, it, it's just like more expensive to finance an EV or to buy an EV. It's it's ten to twenty thousand dollars more now. EVs are falling in price. If you think about um, even luxury EVs, a lot of folks still think about Teslas as a luxury EV, but the, right. even the Model Y is forty three thousand dollars, which is below the average new car price, which is forty five thousand dollars in the which United States. Which is insane, right now. by the way. So, yeah, it's very large. Um, so. And then there's uh, how do I charge, right? Like how do I charge at home? How do I potentially set up a charger for my EV? How do I access public charging um, when I'm out on the road or on a road trip? So, okay, I, I, I'm trying to like formulate this the best way. I like think through it kind of logically here. So we can save money on the EV, obviously, but then we have to 
pay a lot more money for the EV, right? So like how does it all how does it all suss out so that you know we're actually like getting ahead when it comes to the the price tag? Yes. So this is a challenge that I've been working on for the past four years as a, a co-founder of EV Life. And and you know, we've been really focused on delivering products that help customers understand what their tax credits and rebates are. They're really complicated and it can take a lot of time to figure out what you qualify for. You're on a bunch of government websites, you're looking at your income, the vehicle type, <laughs> 20 other variables, right? And then um, also charging. How do I, how do I, there's all these things that are unique to the journey. And so what we're doing is offering like customers on our platform, like a, an electric vehicle loan that's different than a traditional auto loan to pulls together, um, you know, basically qualification of tax credits and rebates. Um, so you can apply those to reduce the upfront price and then also pulling in an instant quote for installing an EV charger that you can also put into your auto loan and have one single low payment. Many customers on our platform save $100 or even $200 a month versus traditional financing. So that's one way. Um, but you know, customers, there's also leasing options. Um, many vehicles, this, is, this may be a little too into the weeds for this conversation, but um, there are many vehicles that have tax credits and there are other vehicles, electric vehicles that are popular that do not qualify for consumer tax credits, but could qualify for tax credits through leasing. The Hyundai Ionic five oh, being okay. the most popular one that has this. And so Hyundai will offer a lease that passes through the $7,500 credit and reduces your overall leasing rate. So that's just another example of um, the many options that you have in terms of reducing um, the upfront price or the monthly payment, which is how most customers think about buying a new car at least. Hence the confusing factor, right, of, of <laughs> buying electric vehicles and like, thank God you're there trying to like sort through all of this. Are there certain states that have, you know, better incentives than others? Yes. Um, that's a great question. And there are, unfortunately, California just sunsetted their very popular electric vehicle rebate program. But there are another like 13 states now that offer incentives that range from $2,000 to $7,500. Um, you know, those states include uh, Colorado leading the pack right now with a $5,000 tax credit. Um, but they can they vary from Oregon to Texas to Illinois to Massachusetts, um, New York, New Jersey, um, states that want to encourage electric vehicle adoption. Some of it's climate motivated, some of it's consumer savings motivated, but I would say that by and large, states are looking at air pollution, um, ben the benefits of air pollution reduction as costs, health costs that they would bear in the future. And they can mm, justify yeah, okay. the expense of, a, of an electric vehicle incentive on that basis alone. All right. So, so this is a thinker question. We could probably spend the whole episode on this one, but do you, I mean, what's your opinion? Do you think the oil industry, will they allow us to go, you know, full electric or will there always be, you know, kind of a pushback on this? That is a great question. I, <laughs> I... I'm excited to see companies like British Petroleum, like BP. Um, they just they just bought into a big chunk of Tesla's NACS. There's their open network for supercharging now. Um, that'll be open to non-Tesla vehicles, Ford and GM, starting in 2024, and then many other. The vast majority of EVs will have access eventually in the coming years. Um, so I am always excited to see um, energy companies that have traditionally been highly invested in fossil fuels get into the electric vehicle side of things. They seem to be most eager to get into 
electric vehicle charging, which is exciting. It's a business model that they understand, like refueling. Um, <laughs> right. It's a challenge, though. And I think on the on the side of, you know, regulating or will they permit us, um, I think governments have now realized like all the positive outcomes, climate change mitigation, you know, air pollution reduction, helping their citizens save more money. Um, those benefits are so strong and so clear in the states that have already um, you know, encouraged EV adoption or seeing the rewards. California being the one that's been leading the pack for, you know, almost two decades. They now have uh, this past wow. quarter, as of this year to date, over 25% of new vehicles sold in the state are electric vehicles with a plug. And in my, where I live in the San Francisco wow. Bay area, um, <laughs> 40% of, of new cars sold were electric vehicles. Now, you can compare that to other parts of the country and say, wow, the future really isn't evenly distributed yet. But at a national level, we're around 9%. And I think that this is a trend that's going to continue. And if you look at Boston Consulting Group data, you know they, they have been spot on. And if anything, behind lagging in how they're predicting the future. They're, they're forecasting 9 or 10% this year, like over a million EVs sold. They're also forecasting by 2030, we will exceed 50% of EVs, of new EVs, uh, of new cars sold will be electric vehicles, over 50%. So we are reaching a tipping point. I think it's, it's hard to see from where we're at right now, where you might be out in the country looking at electric vehicles, but we are headed there. And I think the future is very bright as we think about fuel savings, you know, climate mitigation, um, and all the other positive impacts of driving electric. Yeah, that's very encouraging. I actually live in uh, North Carolina in Asheville. I used to live in Los Angeles, and I went back to visit my parents a couple months ago. And, you know, here, I would say our gas prices at the peak maybe got, you know, close to $4, maybe somewhere in that range. Uh, but that that was rare, you know. And when I went back to visit my parents, I mean, I, you know, still like, looking at how much money it costs to fill up my dad's, you know, like four door sedan, I was like $80 for, you know, a half a tank of gas. It just is really mind blowing. So it feels like, you know, there needs to be this adoption because gas prices are just, I mean, they're just killing people. Yeah. To, to piggyback on the gas point really quick in language that I, I hope most Americans can understand the, the, um, the Department of Energy tracks on a regular basis, like they update this monthly, what regular gasoline costs at a national level, which is around three sixty-five per gallon. It's much more expensive in California, and the cost of an electric gallon or an e-gallon. Now there there are parts of this analogy that break down, right? But regular gas three sixty-five a gallon, um, an e-gallon, like the cost of charging your electric car is a dollar and 14 a gallon. So we're talking about like the price that our grandparents <laughs> told us they were paying for gas when they were growing up, you know, <laughs> perhaps in the Great Depression, like like we are literally talking about that kind of savings. Every time I see a, a gas station sign that's advertising like save 5 cents per gallon like uh, by getting our credit card, I just laugh. Like, you know, like <laughs> you know about EVs, right? <laughs> right? You want to go like stand outside with a sign like, wait a minute, there's <laughs> another option here. Yeah. <laughs>
the weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash ETM to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash ETM. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals, so you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. <laughs> I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? 
I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. So talk to me a little bit about, um, you know, buying an electric vehicle, because I know, you know, everybody hates going to a dealership. They hate, you know, that whole process. And then I think with electric vehicles, it's just maybe a little bit harder to know, like, am I getting the best price? You know, should I be paying this? Should I not? Do you have any tips when we actually go to purchase our car? Absolutely. I would say there are many more options. Um, the really good news here is that when it comes to dealerships, you know, I, I share the pain of like, you know, have had a lot of bad experiences at dealerships. Um, you know, I think that there's good news and there's bad news. <laughs> the bad news is that dealers, franchise dealers um, are, you know, not super motivated to sell these electric vehicles. So you're going to need to do a lot of the work on your own. They're not super motivated because electric vehicles, like I said earlier, um, are going to save you about you know five thousand dollars of the lifetime of your vehicle on on maintenance. Electric vehicles make forty three percent of their profits off maintenance, and they're also touch points for the dealer to make future sales. Right, the customer comes in, right. you talk to them, they can start selling you. Maybe your second car needs an upgrade. Um, it's a conversation starter, right? So there's a lot of reasons. The Washington Post just published a great story a couple of weeks ago about how dealers are actually discouraging EV buyers. Franchise dealers are discouraging EV buyers. There, you know, some salespeople are saying things that are wholly untrue, like that the BMW i3 can't drive on the freeway. Um, <laughs> it was one point cited. Um, but if you as a consumer are empowered, you know what you want before you go to the dealership, if it's a franchise dealership. And that you know how to like negotiate and that you can actually go with uh, financing in hand. It could be financing from EV Life. It could be financing from your bank or your local credit union. Um, but those loans, a, a loan that you don't get through the dealership actually gives you more negotiating power. So I think that's another big consideration when you're talking money is like, you know, how can you have more power at the dealership? The really good news though is that if you really don't want to go to a dealership, um, electric vehicles are maybe the best option for you on that basis alone. Um, when Tesla, Rivian, and Lucid and others came up as, as car companies, they said, you know, we don't really love this dealer franchise dealer model. We don't want to do it. And they have had to fight tooth and nail in, in certain states to have the right to just have a showroom with non-commissioned salespeople that are just there to help you make the best choice for your life. So um, imagine that. <laughs> so over 62% of EVs sold this year um, were sold direct to consumer outside franchise dealerships. Now, Tesla has sold more than 50% of the EVs in the United States this year, but I don't think it's an accident that. Tesla and others are winning in part because part of their value proposition is like, we don't have franchise dealerships. We're not going to be a pain about negotiating the price. We're going to give you a fair price on our website. We're going to sell it directly to you. And there's not going to be a lot of like song and dance on the price, upsells, anything like that. What about um, used EV vehicles? Like, do those make sense to buy or does it make more sense to, to you know, buy a, a brand new EV? Well, 
the incentives for new electric vehicles can be more advantageous. There's a seventy up to seventy five hundred dollar federal tax credit. Many states have higher um, incentives for new electric vehicles. However, there is now a federal tax credit for used electric vehicles, provided that they're being resold for the first time below twenty five thousand dollars MSRP, which is rare. If you're looking for a Tesla, for example, to find a Tesla at that, that price today, um, but used EVs make a lot of sense. I think if we look at you know what's been happening for the past five years since COVID. COVID drove all like new and used vehicle prices through the roof, and I think we're now coming to a point where um, used electric vehicle prices and used general car prices are all all coming back down to earth. And I think because the technology has been advancing so much over the past few years, that you can get a great electric vehicle like a used Chevy Bolt, or for example, um, on the used market at a much lower price, a reasonable price for a used car. Um, And so I would recommend looking at used EVs as well. And what is the, this is a personal curiosity question, what is the life of an EV vehicle? Like if you bought, you know, a, a Tesla today, let's say, is it realistic that you could keep that car for, I don't know, five years, six years, and that, you know, it would still be up to date? Or, or is this something where, you know, in the EV market, like you, you constantly need to keep, you know, it's like your iPhone, right? You need to kind of constantly keep like upgrading models that you get. That's a great question. I think as we think long-term, um, first of all, in this environment, you know, five years ago, folks were holding on to their, if they bought a new car, they were on average like driving it for about 10 years. Now that number is 12 with the increasing interest rates and money just tightening up in general. Um, so EVs do um, make sense as a long-term decision because they tend to last longer. Now, I know there's probably folks on the call thinking, I'm concerned about the battery. <laughs> um, there, That's a reasonable concern, but I think the replacement bait rate on batteries now, just historically, like since the very beginning of electric vehicles, we're talking about early 2010s, has been 1.5% of batteries on the road being replaced. So we're not really, in most cases, talking about battery replacement as much as like range that could degradate over time. Um, so once you get below like 70% range, which which has happened in some vehicles that were launched in 2012, then you start to think about battery replacement just from a mileage perspective. If you started at 150 miles of range and now you can drive 70, maybe that doesn't work for your life. But what we're finding is the surprising news is that electric vehicles are holding 90% of their charge, you know, even after a few years of driving, which is much better than expected. And so it's, it's, we need more historical data to truly know how this is going to play out. But, you know, we're seeing um, electric vehicles, you know, look at the lifetime, depending on the automaker, again, like the potential to go 350,000, 500,000 miles, that that far exceeds what a nice vehicle is capable of. And then the scrap value of that vehicle, like when you <laughs> sell it off or trade it in, it's much higher. I mean, when you when you scrap your, your, your ICE vehicle, your internal combustion engine vehicle, it's like a bunch of steel, right? Um, but the electric vehicle is is a is essentially a battery and computer on wheels that can be you know sold off to a second career on a battery farm and get paid for like storing power and selling it back to the electric grid to help load balance the grid. 
and make a considerable amount of money and then be recycled, um, sent to a company like Redwood Materials now that is uh, recycling 95% today, 95% of, of used batteries and can turn them into more electric batteries. They just announced a partnership with Tesla or with, with they just announced a partnership with, um, with Toyota where they're taking used Prius batteries and they're turning them into the batteries for Toyota's new EV, the BZ4X. And that kind of closed loop system is really exciting for me as somebody who's, you know, very passionate about the environment, sustainability, creating a closed loop here. You can't recycle gasoline, <laughs> but you can <laughs> recycle gas, uh, re- can recycle batteries and create this really nice closed loop that has a lot of long-term positive environmental benefits. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one time service, Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash E-T-M. Go to joindeleteme.com slash E-T-M and use code E-T-M for 20% off. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
So I know you're doing some some great things at EV Life, and I can I obviously tell you're super passionate about EV vehicles, <laughs> which is great, right? If you're running a company about it, so tell me about Thanks. the you know the, the financing options a little bit more with EV vehicles and why you know what you guys are doing is like such a great alternative to you know traditional financing that we can get. Right. Thanks for that opportunity. You know, at EV Life, our guiding principle, our mission is like thinking about when you're buying a car, that you shouldn't have to make a choice between saving the planet and saving money. They're not mutually exclusive. And so we're offering new financing that's designed for the electric car. Um, you know, the problem really is that traditional auto lenders, they're largely financing electric vehicles, just like gas cars. So imagine like, Applying the same financing that was used for the Model T <laughs> in the 1920s to an electric vehicle, like to a Tesla, um, they're, they're largely ignoring a few things. They're ignoring the green premium on electric vehicles, ten dollars to $20,000 more, and ignoring incentives, like the, the vast array of incentives that could help offset that price. They're ignoring the need for the customer to figure out home charging while they're purchasing the vehicle. And they're also largely ignoring the desire of the customer to have this great direct-to-consumer experience that can help answer EV questions that they have and reduce the amount of friction that they get at the dealership. So we try to address all three. So customer, if you're you know listening, you can go to evlife.co and um, basically choose an electric vehicle you're interested in and get a quick quote um, to see whether you qualify for financing and how all those different components fit together. So if you go through that process, um, in seconds, our technology helps qualify you for tax credits and rebates um, that apply to your loan. You know, we're, we're looking at vehicle and we're looking at just a few quick details from your personal background to qualify you for those things. And then, um, you know, if you're qualified for incentives that you can get at the dealership, we help you apply for those and make sure you have all the paperwork ready. If they're post-purchase incentives, like the Colorado $5,000 tax credit, we'll actually let you defer them on your loan, like a do- another down payment. They have 18 months to repay. That's going to drive down your monthly payment another $50 or $100. And you know, if you take an example of like a $39,000 EV, EV, like the Tesla Model 3, you know, we can make your loan payments, you know, come in around the same monthly payments of like an, another commuter car, like a Camry or a Honda Civic. So we can essentially finance a Tesla for the monthly payments of a of a of a Civic or a or a Camry, and that's really exciting. So customers, if you're a new car shopper, you know, hopefully you can consider EVs and and not think about EVs being so much more expensive or more complicated. Um, it's it's really about just making it easy and more affordable to drive electric. Yeah, it's like putting all the puzzle pieces together is like what you're doing for people, which is really great because I yeah. know I've like researched, you know, this listener question came in, but I in my past I've I've researched, you know, electric vehicles myself. And I'm like, even as a money expert, there are so many things to think about. And then to know like, well, is this still accurate or is that accurate? Or, you know, it's it's so uh, consuming. I think that's you know why I, I get some questions about this from listeners because it's just Precisely. like a super confusing process. So you know, I'm, I, let's go back to Alex who, who asked the question. Um, yeah. You know what? Like, what would you tell Alex? Everybody else listening, we, we've talked about it a lot, but you know, is it is it possible to buy an EV and not break the bank? Like, you know, should we really consider this? Mm-hmm. Great question. 
So, you know, I would be curious to know what his considerations are, you know, what his specific budget is. If the budget is, you know, used car budget and probably not a new car budget, there are lots of great electric vehicles out there to consider. Um, you can go on like truecar.com, cars.com, um, different used vehicle websites, Carvana, um, and see just a listing of like those vehicles that might be um, available in your era area. Um, I would highly recommend, you know, looking into a used vehicle if that's where your range is. If you're looking at a new car and you're looking at, you know, cars like Camrys and Civics, um, I think anything from a Chevy Bolt to a Tesla Model 3 could still be in your range after incentives. And I think that that's really the consideration piece here. If you can understand how incentives, tax credits and rebates are going to factor into the, the upfront price of the vehicle, and then also understand you know, how much you're going to save over time by driving this. Um, that, those are really key. And we're actually, in addition to the, the finance product, by the time this airs, we'll have an EV savings calculator on our website that will be free for anyone to use and look at, you know, compare your, your fuel rates, your gas versus electric rates over time, factor in the vehicle you're looking at, factor in the incentives and understand like your total cost of ownership over a number of years and how much you could save, I think those are really important considerations to make. Because if you're only thinking about upfront price, you know, we can get you close, I, I think. And you can also, you know, do a lot of research and figure out how you could get close to the same price of a Camry versus a Model 3. Um, but when you factor in the total cost of ownership, the reduction in f- fuel costs of $1,200 a year, every year, year over year compounding, and then the, the reduced maintenance costs up to $5,000 over the life of the vehicle, um, it really starts to become more of a no-brainer financially if you, again, can afford the monthly payment. All right, Alex, I hope this conversation helped you with your question to decide whether you wanted to get an electric vehicle or not. I love episodes like this because I feel like there is so much to know about this one single concept. And I keep coming back to what Peter said in the conversation that electric vehicles are like savings accounts on wheels. <laughs> Maybe it's just the money expert in me, but that really stands out to me. And I think it's at least worth exploring. So hopefully I answered all of your questions. Thank you so much for the listener question, Alex. If you have a question you would like me to answer in an upcoming Ask Shauna episode, you can head right to the show notes, click the link, fill out a form. You can leave your name off or put your name in. It's totally up to you. And I would love to answer your question. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a few friends right now. Help us to continue to grow this community. I'll see you back here in a few days for a brand new episode. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio.